Hello everyone and welcome back to Gone with the Windies. I'm Lindsay Windhausen. I'm Brianna Windhausen. And we're sisters and we just decided that we would do this podcast just for fun. It may not be that interesting, but <laughs> it's about our lives or our interests or kind of our childhood too because we obviously grew up together. We're sisters, but anyway, all that to say, welcome back. Thank you guys so much for listening and bearing with us as we laugh and say things that don't make any sense and are not good at editing together all the content, yep. but we're doing our best and it's just fun and it's not perfect, but we really do appreciate you listening and hope that you enjoy it even a little bit if you do. Yep. We hope you're able to relate, empathize, find some new cheese recommendations. <laughs> if um, anything. If anything. The cheese. So today we're going to be talking about... How should we put it? Our Creative. first... Oh. Our first... No. Oh. <laughs> what is it? What is it? You say. Our first creative endeavors. The Brianna and Lindsay show. Which, if you knew us when we were growing up, or you're a family member, you are probably unfortunately already exposed to this terrible content that we created when oh, we were younger. It's bad. But... If not, we'll give you a little we'll give you a little taste. A little rundown. We started when I was in fourth grade and Brianna was in sixth grade. And here is what it sounded like. I'm Brianna. And I'm Lindsay. And this is something we like to call the, the Brianna, Brianna and Lindsay, Lindsy show. show. On this show, you'll see wacky, crazy, and just goofy stuff. We make ourselves look like it is for your entertainment. Yeah, that was some archival footage from our first episode of the Brianna and Lindsay show. Essentially, what we were doing is ripping off iCarly, creating little segments, doing a bunch of random things to try and be as random and crazy as Miranda Cosgrove and Jeanette McCurdy were on that show, and it was bad. It was really bad. It definitely wasn't good. Our first episode included a few segments, one of which was entitled Beethoven getting funky and Brianna put on a backwards hat and sunglasses and then she danced around like an idiot listening to this classical music and trying to be Beethoven I guess like a DJ or like a gangster I don't really know what our like vision was there but I don't know either (laughs) that one was so ridiculous you know what I just remembered the reason we did that was so Lindsay could be in the background getting ready for our next segment yeah and I was basically just filling time yeah when like, we could have just edited it. I don't know why we thought... We didn't thought... know how to edit. Oh, right. That's why we all made it. We made it all one take. Yeah. Okay. And so I was in the background <laughs> putting whipped cream on a, pa- a paper plate because Brianna was going to put it in my face and, like, whipped cream me, I guess. I don't know yeah. what called. Yeah. Like, pie me. Pie me. That's yeah. what it's called. With whipped cream. And so I'm, like, in the background, like... You know how loud a whipped cream can is? Like, it was so loud. Like, she's just, like, doing these dumb moves with her hands, like, being Beethoven, and I'm in the background, like, Why didn't you go to a different room to do that? Like, why? I don't think I realized how loud it would be. Probably. And then it ran out. We, there was yeah, barely there enough. Yeah, there was none left. It was basically so it was just so liquid. loud. Our next segment after that was called WCF, Whipped Cream Face. Um, and it's exactly what it sounded like. We put whipped cream on Lindsay's face and it wasn't like, I don't know why we thought that would be so funny, but it wasn't. 
it was not very entertaining looking back on it you literally just it took like two seconds she just shoved it in my face and that was all but yeah we actually if I remember we kind of realized that while we filmed it we were like oh that's it okay but so that was the very end of our first episode of the Brianna and Lindsay show and that was when we were in elementary school so it was not great but that was sort of our introduction into the creative world and since then we've made lots of videos (laughs) videos of that was the gateway drug lots of videos of lots of different things and one of which was the revival of the brianna and lindsay show when we were in high school Mm -hmm. unfortunately called lindsay and brianna we rebranded we had to dissociate with the brianna and lindsay Mm -hmm. show and we decided this is our chance to take it back, uh-huh. reclaim our names. We flipped them around. We said, not the Brianna and Lindsay show, but the Lindsay and Brianna show. No, it was just called Lindsay and right, Brianna. Right, it was just called Lindsay and Brianna. But it's, like, essentially the same thing. Anyways, um, this was more of a narrative show. It wasn't, it wasn't so much segment-related. It was very, like... Actually, no, it was more of a sketch comedy show. It was, yeah. like, different situations of our lives. Kind of, um... <laughs> Italian neorealism. <laughs> Literally, what are you saying? Uh, it was very. It was like meant to be, like slice of life. Yeah, yeah, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay, well, so there was one where it was just like a compilation of videos of me jumping on Brianna's back because I always used to do that as a kid. I would just run and jump on her back because I was smaller than her when oh we were growing gosh. up, so it like didn't really matter. But she would get so mad at me. So that was one of our segments, was well, me just, like... the s- thing is, you kept doing that even when you grew five inches. Yeah. Why not? It's Because fun. I couldn't hold you anymore. Okay. Well, anyway, it was still fun. It was. So that was depicted in the... In Lindsay and Brianna. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we wrote our own theme song. Oh, that was fun. Oh, boy, did we ever. I used the only four chords on guitar that I knew, and still the only four chords that I know. G, D, E minor, C... And basically just talked about how we're sisters and we get into trouble, quote unquote. Yeah, which is funny because we're literally both so, like, chill and mellow. Like, we don't ever do anything that would get us into trouble. We're the most straight-edge people you could ever meet, so... So that's fun. I think that was just like a, ooh, we're so relatable. Like, we get into trouble. Like, we're Mm -hmm. sisters, you know? Yeah. Sometimes life is a crazy ride with us, according to the lyrics of the song. According to the lyrics of the song. Which kind of, but also not really at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it just ends with saying Lindsay and Brianna. Lindsay and Brianna. Lindsay and Brianna. Yeah. Yeah. Very few souls have seen this project. Yeah, that's a pretty new one. That one did not go on our dad's Facebook page. Thank goodness. Yeah, that's good because we did were not need far to too there. old to be doing things like that. Definitely but. too old. So that is a little summary of Lindsay and Brianna, which was four years after the Brianna and Lindsay show. So those were some of the projects we had as a kid, among a bunch of random like music videos that were pretty short, just us, you know, lyrics to songs. Can I talk about one music video in particular? Sure. He Could Be The One by Hannah Montana. Oh yeah. I threw that together so quick that I didn't even film clips for every single lyric. So some of them I just used Microsoft clip art. Yeah. And yeah, that's pretty mortifying that I did that. But what's even more mortifying is my dad compiled a DVD of a bunch of our various projects. That was one of them. And he sent that to our cousins in Texas that we like only saw once a year. 
and they all watched it and I just think about that sometimes I think about the fact that they watched my he could be the one music video with Microsoft clip art and I just I feel really upset about that <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> I hope you can get over that yeah, I'm working on it okay good. it's a process day by day yeah yeah well so that was one of our examples of a music video just so so ridiculous but I don't know we had fun did a lot of random techniques um and then we decided we were over the whole short music video, meaningless, meaningless music. Um, and so we decided to embark upon the project that was Jealous Much. Now, this is something else that if you know us, you probably know about Jealous Much. Probably. Because we spent so much time on this dumb movie. And it started off as like this project where we were just like, oh, we were with our cousins, our three cousins, Amanda, Sarah, and Erica. Shout out. We love you guys who live about 30 minutes away from us. So we grew up with them. They're about our age too. So we got along really well for the most part. And we decided to do this project where we would write a script and we would act in it and film it and make like a movie, quote unquote. But obviously we did not have the skills to write a whole cohesive story, but we did our best. And so me and my cousin Amanda wrote most of it because we were kind of control freaks Mm -hmm. and also just like the most dedicated and motivated, I feel like, to like actually get it done. (laughs) And the rest of us really liked to say that we were going to do things and then not do them. But Amanda and Lindsay were the driven ones. And I think that's still very true. We We, we were all driven, but. uh... So we wrote most of it. And then what else? Lindsay and Amanda were also. Looking back now, I realized they took on almost every role the production could have possibly had. So I would say they were also the producers, also somewhat the directors, because we didn't really have one director. It was only five of us, and all of us were acting in it as well. Um, They were also the location scouts, and seeing as we were 12 and 14 years old, we didn't exactly have cars yet or the ability to drive, so all of our locations had to be within walking distance. So that included the playground nearby that had picnic tables that we used as the cafeteria. We couldn't go into the schools because it was summer, right? like when we were filming. It was so locked. we had to just pretend that every scene that happened in school, they were just, for some reason, they were always leaving or entering school. <laughs> we worked with what we had. Uh, Lindsay and Amanda were also the costume designers, and they created a color-coded schedule oh of, my goodness <laughs> of when we would need each outfit who yeah. was wearing each outfit which scenes we were going to film on each day and looking back now I mean that's actually really impressive for the age that we were yeah. I mean that's like genuinely how you do that on a professional yeah. film set I remember very vividly we kind of wrote the script I think without really realizing how complicated it would be to film it So we had to go back and look at the script and decide, okay, what each character was going to wear on every single day. But it wasn't like a scene a day. So it'd be like scenes one, two, and three were on day one. And then there was only one scene that was on day two. So we had to make sure that their outfits were like cohesive throughout the movie and that we had the right outfits for each scene that we filmed. So we took every single outfit and put it into a plastic bag and like labeled it with like the person that was wearing it and the day they were wearing it and the film the scenes we were filming. And we couldn't just like go in an outfit and then go from place to place because we didn't have cars. So we would like go to like their church, which we were doing VBS at for the week, and we would be like, okay, we're filming scenes four, three, and seven. And so those are purple day and blue day. And so we'd like bring those outfits and we'd have to like change our outfits and film like one scene at a time. 
And it was just such a effort because we couldn't drive anywhere and we had to be so specific with our like scenes. And looking back, we did not need to, like, know the outfits, and it didn't really matter, but... Absolutely Anyway, that was a big process, and that was... Oh, obviously color-coded. Like, if you know me at all, like, of course it was color-coded, but... Or Amanda. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and Amanda, but... So, those were their (sighs) roles. They kind of were collaborators on all of the most important roles in making the movie happen. I was the editor, and I also played one of the main characters. There were five main characters... Well, essentially four main characters. Mm-hmm. Erica, our other cousin, played all of these supporting roles. So our teachers in the classes, uh, the sidekick mean girl, one of them. Lindsay of played another one of the mm-hmm. sidekick mean girls. Any students that walked by just yeah. as extras. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's just we didn't think through the fact that we were putting so many characters into a movie and we had literally five actors and yep. four main characters. So big shout out Erica. She was so <laughs> she was so like accepting for this horrible idea that she was gonna play every single extra and not actually have a role in the movie. <laughs> yeah. But we really did her dirty. But <laughs> no, she she took it, it in stride and she did great, honestly. Her performance yeah. as Mrs. Um the drama teacher, mm-hmm. fantastic. History teacher, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And lastly, Sarah played a main character. What was Sarah's Katie. Name? Katie. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Should we talk a little bit about the plot? Oh, boy. Should we? Yeah, we should. We should. So, <laughs> it's called Jealous Much, and essentially there's three main, fr- main friends, me, Brianna, and... Sarah were like best friends mm-hmm. and then Amanda was like the bad the bad one mm-hmm. and she basically got a, pl- a role in the play and Brianna did too but Brianna's was better and so Amanda was mad and so she tries to like infiltrate our friend group <laughs> and like become friends with us so that she can quote unquote lower the bomb lower the bomb and what did we even mean the I don't even remember it was just sabotage <clears throat> really yeah, she infiltrated our friend group, and then Katie was, like, suspicious of it, but then me and Brianna were like, no, like, she's fine, she's great, and so in the end, Katie was right, she was trying to, like, be mean, but then she changed her mind, she had a change of heart, and at the end, like, all four of us are friends again, and it was just, like, this whole, like, backstory, too, that it started off with that, like, all four of us used to be best friends, and then Lacey left, oh, Lacey's Amanda, by the way, Lacey left and became friends with other people and then was, like, mean to us ever since, So it was just, like, it was such a basic, like, backstabbing, like, friend movie. I don't know, but... A movie where (laughs) really nothing happens, and also you can't hear the dialogue most of the time, and also we decided to use Google Chat and just screen record Google Chat with bad music in the background for most of the movie um, to essentially explain the plot. Yeah. So our parents were watching it, like, having absolutely no idea what was going on. They couldn't even read the chat. Yeah, but we did our best. We put our effort into it, and honestly, it just kept us busy and gave us something to do, and, like, looking back, sure, it was dumb, but it's so funny to watch it now and, like, be like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that was fun. (laughs) It's also pretty crazy to be able to say that we made a 40-minute long feature film, you know? Yeah, like, we wrote a script, and we acted it out, and we had, yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. But... It was my first big editing project. It was. Yeah, so I was going to talk a little bit about that, too. So Brianna was the best, and she edited everything. And I don't know, I think she can probably talk more about that, but that kind of led her to realize her love of film and editing and kind of got her on the career path. 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, I never really cared that much about movies in general. Like, I enjoyed movies, but I wasn't obsessed with them, and I definitely didn't know anything about them going into film school. But editing Jealous Much was so fun for me. I just loved being able to sit by myself with no one to bother me and, you know, sort through every take, find the best one, cut it all together. It's not like we were doing anything crazy with the angles, so it wasn't that much editing to do. But, I mean, a 40-minute feature film, that's... It's quite a bit of footage to look through and I also really enjoyed choosing the music and I mean all of it was probably copyrighted so super illegal and I definitely didn't do that you know who cares the right way I mean I didn't even know that was a thing I didn't understand what copyright was but I loved that I loved listening to a song and being like oh this would be so perfect in this chat sequence <laughs> and yeah I don't know it was just really fun and the year after that, I guess, was kind of when all my classes started to talk about college, and I was like, shoot, I still don't really know what I want to do. And in my personal finance class, we had to put together a plan of all the schools we were going to apply to and blah, blah, blah. They really pushed college really hard, which is great. I am a big proponent of college, but I also, looking back, I kind of wish that they had taught us there were other options, but that's just my beef with the public school system. Um, in Northern Virginia. In Northern Virginia, Yeah. So when I started looking at film schools and everything, that's how I found VCU. And that was the school that made the most sense to stay in state and still be able to study film. And it wasn't super close. And yeah, so that's kind of how I figured out that I wanted to go to film school and still didn't really know at all what I was getting into for sure. But overall, it was a good experience. So shout out to Jealous Much. Didn't you include Jealous Much in your video portfolio? No. Oh. What did no. you? No. Oh my gosh. Oh, I, I think I put one of our other projects in something that I did in lit class my senior year. Oh. But no, I didn't. I think I, I might have mentioned Jealous Much as something that got me interested in film, but no, I did not. Can you imagine the admissions people watching a 40-minute <laughs> video no. that someone made in eighth grade? I thought I remembered you saying you were like, I can't believe I submitted like whatever it was to VCU. No, I didn't. I didn't submit any uh, portfolio work. They didn't require that for VCU Arts oh. Cinema. So you went to VCU Arts mm -hmm. and studied film. Yeah. And then what did you do after that? Um, after I graduated, uh, my program was only three years, so I kind of looked at my fourth year as like a gap year, and I wanted to travel, so I found out about this organization called Youth with a Mission, and I did a discipleship training school, which is essentially a six-month missionary training program where the first three months you are in lecture and you're learning a lot about missions work and your own faith and kind of like building a foundation, and the last three months are in the mission field as your outreach phase. A lot of times these DTSs have like some sort of focus, and so I found one in Brisbane, Australia that... They have a lot of different art tracks that you can do on your DTS, and one of them happened to be film. So I found out about that and applied, and yeah. So I fundraised, and I was able to go, and it was really fantastic. And I kind of like rediscovered a love for film that I had kind of lost in film school because it's, it was just very serious at VCU, and all the stuff we made was so sad and always had to do with like cancer and death and... And a lot of, I feel like, just, like, not really having creative control, which is one yeah. of the things that you personally like about film. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. I did a lot more, like, production and organizational aspects of film in college, and it was kind of my own doing. Like, I didn't really go for a lot of creative positions because it required a lot more work, and I was like, I don't know. This sounds really bad, but I just, like, didn't really feel inspired enough. So um, going to Australia in the film track in my DTS, we kind of just, like, didn't really have a lot of rules, didn't really have a lot of... Uh, structure which was actually so good for me in particular just coming out of that environment of like so much structure and so much this is what good art is um, kind of forcing that down our throats and just coming into this film track being able to do whatever and kind of decide what I thought was good and what I thought was true was really cool the one project I remember so clearly is we made an episode of The Office but it was like with people from our school and mm-hmm. our school leader and we used this really nice zoom lens and a really nice camera and I got to work the zoom and it was so fun to time the zooms because you know on the office that's like the main way the humor comes through mm-hmm. it was so fun and I just was so excited to keep doing it and I had not felt that way in so long it was so much more fun to just make dumb stuff than to really care a lot about the final product and mm-hmm. I think we even found that by doing those dumb projects, it kind of made our other projects better because we wouldn't think so hard about what it was going to be like when it turned out. And I don't know, that's, yeah, that's really important to me because I think I worry a lot about it being good when it's finished and like never really knowing when something is finished because I want it to be as good as it can be. But when you kind of let go of that and just don't care, I feel like that's a little bit what we're doing with this podcast is just not, not trying really hard not to care it's not good because I mean we know it's not going to be like the podcast of the century but yeah we're having fun it's something interesting too that I've noticed in doing projects if it's something that you're like wow like this has to be perfect and it has to be amazing and it has to have this exact end result and the vision has to be there it's so much harder and you put more stress on yourself whereas if you're just making a project that you want to make like just for fun Mm -hmm. it'll honestly turn out so much better because you'll be so much more inspired and you'll feel like you can take it any direction you want to take it yeah which is why I kind of like open-ended like essay prompts for school for example because you can Mm kind of take it the direction you want to take it and when you talk about what you want to talk about you're so much more inspired and the end result will be better and more interesting and yeah. It'll just be a lot less of like a scary process to go through it. It'll be just something you enjoy doing and the time will go by faster and it'll be a better end result. I also feel like there's something to be said about just the intuitiveness of art and the intuitiveness of inspiration in general. When I think too hard about what I'm doing, it is never going to be as good. And I've found that so much when I just am editing something and I've been editing it forever. If I just kind of like slap something together, a lot of times it's a lot better than it is if I look at it for a long time and keep trying different things with it. I'm a perfectionist, so I feel like something's never good enough. I'm always looking for ways to improve something, which can be a great trait to have, but it also stinks when you have to like put the seal of approval on something and be like, this is done. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that in you mainly when you're editing because Mm -hmm. like when we're doing our podcast and we're making the graphic for it, Brianna used Adobe Illustrator. And it looked so good, but she kept, like, making the font, like, a little bit bigger or, like, a little bit more separated. And it was, like, at the end of the day, you kind of just have to step back and look at it and be like, you know what? I'm proud of this, and this is good, and that's how it's going to be. And so that is something that's been really funny to see in her because I don't see you that way a lot of times in a lot of aspects of your life. I'm really not like that in most things. It's just things that I care about a lot. 
And so it was interesting to see that in you because I see that in myself a lot too when I'm writing essays. Um, one time I like almost scrapped a whole paper. I was like, oh, like this is not good enough. Like, what am I doing? Like, this is so bad. And like, I ended up doing fine on it, but it was just like you me. threw it all away? Yeah, I almost rewrote the whole thing because I didn't like it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're so different. <laughs> and, <laughs> but it was just like that thing of, I was like, oh, like I'll keep going back to it and improving it. And at some point you just have to like cut yourself off and be like, I'm looking at this and this is good and I'm proud of it and be done. And so that's something that's really interesting and it's a really important lesson to learn and I learned it way too late in life, but <laughs> it's a good thing to learn but at least even you when it. Yeah. you're 21. Dude, yeah. that's like <laughs> most people still don't know that they're <laughs> twice your age, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything else about Australia. I don't know. I think we just felt a lot of freedom to create whenever and uh, on my second half of the school, when we were in our missions portion, I was on a team in the Philippines, and me and another of my team members, Allie, both decided that we wanted to make a documentary, and we we're both really interested in documentaries. So we walked around our little neighborhood, and we asked women what they thought about beauty or how they defined beauty. We just realized that it didn't matter that we were in the Philippines. Like, we could still make something. That was just really freeing to think that Wherever you are, you can film a little thing and maybe not even post it anywhere, maybe not even show it to anyone, but you still have that freedom because, yeah, in film school, I was like very hung up on all the logistics and all the all the technicalities of it and thinking like, oh, well, I need a microphone, I need a crew and I need actors and realizing that like you don't actually need all of that. And I mean, that's something that I knew from Jealous Much but had kind of been warped because I thought that everything I made had to be like fantastic quality and mm -hmm. something that would be praised by people and enter into film festivals. And that time in Australia showed me that like, literally it doesn't matter what it, how it turns out. Yeah. Because the whole process of going through making it is so much more transformational than the end product. Yeah. That's something that I have also been working on like on myself recently because as I've said like 74 times, I'm a perfectionist. And so <laughs> it's hard for me to kind of create something that's not going to be perfect because if I make something that I don't see as perfect, I'm like, oh, like you're not good enough. And so I've been working on like not doing that with myself, but it's just interesting to kind of reflect on the things that I haven't done because I've been scared they wouldn't turn out perfect. Mm -hmm. And so you talking about like creating anything anywhere, like whatever you want, like you don't have to have the best equipment. You don't have to know what you're doing. Like mm -hmm. everyone starts somewhere. And that's something that's really important to remind yourself of, especially when you're about to embark on a new project, like a podcast. Like we have no idea what we're doing. Like <laughs> we have this microphone because our dad recorded songs like 10 years ago. Like it's not, we didn't buy this microphone. We didn't buy any type of program to like edit our stuff together. We don't know what we're doing, but we're using garage band. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, you have to start somewhere. Even if it's two people listening, like just starting with nothing, starting where you're at. If you want to do something, do it. So concluding your experience in Australia, mm -hmm. you learned a lot. Yeah. And you loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Made a lot of sweet friends all around yeah. the world. Shout out to all of you guys who are listening from Australia. Probably none of them. <laughs> well, not, well, not from Australia. Oh, but, like, just went to Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. From, from DTS. From everywhere. Oh, Mad October 2018. You guys are the homies. All right. <laughs> <laughs> our little tie-in here is 
that Jealous Much, even though it was a dumb production we made when we were kids, it really had a big impact on at least Brianna's life because mm. she Massive. decided to go to film school. Huge. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, decided to go to film school because of it. And so kind of reflecting on my life a little bit, I won't go into too much depth though. So going back a little bit to Jealous Much and kind of how it influenced my life. During that week, we were working VBS, which is Vacation Bible School, at our cousin's church. And I was in a preschool classroom and I was working with those kids for, I guess it was all day from Monday through Friday. And so that was one of the experiences that I had where I kind of just realized I loved working with kids. And granted, I was in like, I don't know, sixth grade or something. I was still a kid myself, but it was fun to work with kids and just I don't know, interact with them. Like, they were always just doing ridiculous things. And, like, I was still a kid myself, but I was going into middle school. Like, life was becoming a little bit more serious. I couldn't just, like, goof off all the time. And it just kind of brought me back to, like, when I was a kid. And it was, like, being with them brought out, like, the child in me, which sounds so cheesy and dumb. If you've had that feeling, especially now, like, you know how important it is to kind of just, like, let go of all your responsibilities and just, like, put yourself in, like, the shoes of a child and just, well, not literally, because <laughs> your feet wouldn't fit, but... <laughs> Ew, I hate myself. Okay, figuratively. Become a child. No, it's worse. Okay, sorry. Um, I just remember what it was like to interact with the kids and almost feel like a child again, and so that was one of the experiences that kind of led me on the career path that I'm on, which is becoming an elementary school teacher, and so right now I'm actually in my last semester of undergrad at Virginia Tech and I'm majoring in human development which is basically like the track that you take for education or nursing or OTPT any of like the helping fields and uh, I'm graduating in May which is like not even a month from now and then in the summer I'm starting classes with Virginia Tech um, graduate school to get my master's in elementary education I'm pretty grateful to <laughs> the VBS experience because I don't know, really, I connected with the kids in that and then have since, like, done a lot of projects and had a lot of, like, volunteer work and jobs with kids that just, I don't know, every day that I work with kids, I, like, solidify my choice to become a teacher and just, I don't know, every day I get to become a kid. (laughs) And that was your first time kind of being in charge of a classroom, right? Or having at least a little bit more of a leadership role? A little bit. I was more of, like, kind of just supporting because there was obviously, like, a teacher in there, but yeah. I had, like, helped out with Sunday school at our church growing up, but I hadn't really... Yeah, I don't know. I guess you could say leadership because I was still, like, in charge of them. Yeah. A little bit, They still had to respect you. Yeah, they did. That was a little bit of a long tangent, but connecting our past experiences and our past projects creatively to now... Um, we already mentioned and touched on it a bit, but this podcast as a creative project, it's so much fun. (laughs) It's a little bit more serious because we're showing people, but also kind of less serious because I think we're letting ourselves be more like chill about it. And like, we don't have to plan our costumes and color code our days. We can kind of just sit down and be like, what do we want to talk about? And then we record it and it's fun. (laughs) And honestly, I think our process for this is really similar to the Brianna and Lindsay show or the Lindsay and Brianna project because, I mean, we didn't go into that with the intention of showing everyone and becoming like internet sensations. (laughs) We just thought what's funny to us, what's funny about our lives and played off of that. And that's what we're doing now. Yeah. And I think now that we're older, we 
have this innate desire to like have what we make be good and make other people happy and like well have other people give us that validation but I think if you look at the way we're going about it it is pretty much the same yeah we're just thinking what have we done yeah what do we enjoy doing and just talking about it (laughs) yeah and it's been fun too to have a project (laughs) to work on because something I found out once I went to school when I was at home like in high school and before I would do a lot of baking and cooking and crafting projects like I would decorate cookies or I don't know embroider I did that my senior year of high school I would always have like this niche like craft activity that I was doing and so when I went to college it wasn't necessarily that I didn't have time it was just harder to get the resources when I like lived in a dorm or couldn't cook for myself as much because there wasn't really a kitchen but I don't know I kind of just found myself like lacking inspiration for being creative and so it's been something that I don't think I ever really realized was so important that I have an outlet creatively to just like express myself in any way and so this has been really fun to just have something like to look forward to like I look forward to recording it's like so silly but I I don't know I'm excited about it it's something that we're both passionate about and just I don't know just creating something is really enjoyable and like seeing it I don't know, like, seeing our podcast upload last week, it was just so fun, (laughs) like, (laughs) just being able to type Gone with the Windies on Spotify, and it, like, pops up, like, something that we created, like, it's pretty incredible, and it's just really fun, and so having that creative inspiration again is really, it's something that's really great, and I've been lacking it for a bit, but Mm. it's really exciting to have that back, and to recognize that, I don't know, I need that, Yeah, and just continue to give myself opportunities to be creative because it's something that helps me and fuels me I think having this creative like to expel all of our ideas yeah (laughs) and kind of just say things I've been thinking about like Mm -hmm. these reflections on myself like I mean they're small but it's just it's fun to say them out loud and not just to myself when I'm like falling asleep at night (laughs) you know yeah so but it's also crazy easy to start a podcast I have no idea how easy it would be no we uploaded our first podcast onto Anchor, and then it was on Spotify within, like, an hour. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. If you know me, like, you know I've probably talked about starting a podcast. Like, just mention it in passing, because I listen to them, and they're inspiring to me, and they're so interesting to just, like, hear what other people have to say and other viewpoints and just not necessarily consume, like, garbage. Like, learn things or be motivated or be inspired. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to start a podcast. But I genuinely had no idea how easy it was. Like, it was maybe, Mm -hmm. like... We recorded for, like, 30 minutes and cut some of it out. It took, like, an hour maybe for you to edit it. And then making the graphic took a bit, but that's, like, a one-time thing. Mm -hmm. And then here we are, freaking episode two already. So, I don't know. It's just crazy. If you want to start a podcast, like, do it. I will listen to it. That's my guarantee. If you start a podcast, send it to me. I'll listen to it. Me too. They're so much fun. Yeah. And if you need any help with anything, I mean, we don't know that much. Yeah, we don't know anything, but... we can tell you what we do know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll help as much as we can. Yeah. Because I would definitely recommend. It's so fun. Especially during quarantine when, like, you can't really talk. Not can't. You don't talk to as many people. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how. I used to interact with so many people on a daily basis. Yeah. And, like, you'd get your thoughts out. Something dumb happened. You had your roommates to go complain to. Like, whatever. I mean, I'm quarantined with you and our cousin Haley, but it's just, like, it's different and you don't really talk about stuff as much because you're always together. Mm -hmm. So it's like you always know what's happening. But, like, just getting these, like, random floating ideas in my head, like, out into the world, very therapeutic. (laughs) All right, well, 
I think that's about it. I don't know. I have nothing else. Yeah, I've got nothing else either. All right. Oh, okay. I have an announcement. Well, okay, two announcements. One announcement is we made an Instagram. So <laughs> if you found this and you want to follow our Instagram, it is at Gone with the Windies. And our second announcement is that I put a poll up on my Instagram about whether or not I should give Brianna bangs because she's been talking about bangs. Like literally <laughs> probably she's mentioned it at least 20 times in the past like two years. Yep. And I always say it's a bad idea, but she keeps bringing it up. And so I was like, you know what? If you're ever going to do it, now is the time. Mm -hmm. And she wants curly bangs, so we will see how that goes. But, so I put up a poll on my Instagram, sorry, I'm getting off track, of whether or not I should give her bangs. And we shook on it, and she decided that whatever side of the poll won, it would actually happen. So I got, like, 73% for yes and, like, 27% for no. But, obviously, yes won. So, tonight, I'm giving her bangs, and uh, maybe we'll upload a picture. I think we should. On our podcast account of her with bangs once I do it tonight, but yeah, that'll be really fun. It's such a silly thing to be so nervous about, but I'm so nervous about it. Yeah. Ugh. I'm so tied to my hair. Like, anyone who has curls knows this. I, I talked to my friend Morgan about this. She's also a curly girl, and it's just like, you spend so much time with your hair when it's curly, and so much time thinking about oh, how long is it going to take to dry? When do I put product in? And, like, trying out a bunch of different things that you do get genuinely attached to it, and it feels like part of your identity. Um, I know it's not. I know that's a lie. It's kind of dumb, but it's, like, kind of how I feel a little bit. So No, I mean, it's a big part of who you are, especially, I know us, we have, like, thick curly hair. My hair's red. It's, like, your identifying feature. Yeah. When people see us from behind, they always know that it's me and Lindsay because of, I mean, mainly her hair, but... Yeah. yeah. No, it's just, it's very noticeable, which is why our podcast art is, like, literally just, like, our hair, because it's, like, our identifiable <laughs> well, feature. that was also because it was easier to edit on Illustrator. But, yeah, so, I will be giving her bangs. All that to say that Brianna's gonna have bangs next <sighs> time we record a podcast, oh. and we will let you know how it goes. Until then, I hope you enjoyed at least a little bit of this podcast. We are now officially on Apple Podcasts, so check us out at Gone with the Windies there. Feel free to leave a rating and a review if you care to. Follow our Instagram. Tell Brianna that she would look incredible with curly bangs. <laughs> slash that she does lie. already look incredible with curly bangs. That's, That's all. all. I hope you are happily gone with the Windies. Bye.